It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 94WIPFM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94WIP. What's going on? The Leading Green Nation. What is, uh, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 o'clock. We are getting that morning... Afternoon do we're uh, enjoying the <laughs> March for Science protest going outside the building, and it is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Zelter, Brandon Lee Gowton, all here with you until three o'clock. And we've got man, we're the draft is actually happening, James. It's, I mean, like we can smell it, we can taste it, uh, we see things getting built. We see the Bud Light Tavern where we're going to be, you know, broadcasting with all the 94 WIP crew. It's very exciting times here. It it is unbelievably exciting. I literally was just there yesterday driving by the parkway. And to see what they've constructed over the steps, it's magnificent. It's crazy. It's unbelievable that they've done it. And it seemed like two weeks ago there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden it's just this mammoth draft town that has been constructed out of nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped, man. Like I, 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 we talked a lot about the lack of excitement, or it seemed like. I feel like now there's finally, Brandon, real excitement for the draft. Now I'm excited. I'm anxious. I am very stressed out. <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to have weird dreams where uh, I'm on with. I was on last night. <laughs> yeah, I have to explain oh, yeah. this. I have yeah, to yeah. explain about this. this. I was on the air. It was just John and I. I guess I don't know where you were, James. You're probably. Uh, very busy being very handsome and important <laughs> somewhere. Um, See, this is a dream, just to clarify, <laughs> right? Yes. And all of a sudden, John just, like, conks out of it. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And we're, we're just on air, and there's so much dead time going on. And, and I'm trying to get him to, like, the hospital or something. And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm trying to host the show. So hopefully the draft just gets here, and all those crazy dreams can end, and we can see the Eagles have a good draft. It's going to be really funny when John and I leave the studio during the yeah, show. Yeah, we're going to have a test Brandon to reenact oh, no. this. Now that I know this information, we need to step outside in like three minutes just unannounced, and you kind of carry on the rest of the show here. So we're going to try and have a lot of fun today because, again, there was, there's was there been a lot of talk. You know, Joe and Howie finally spoke. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a forced thing that the NFL does to, to pump up and do the PR thing. We all get that. But they had some interesting comments and some pretty good questions as we'll get into that as well. But speaking of the draft, we just want to reiterate how much awesome stuff that is going on 
just with the BGN Radio podcast. We know that the station is doing a lot, and we'll get into that a little later. But if you want to join us at Delilah's April 26th, Wednesday, the night before the draft, you can get on the guest list at info at bgnradio.com. The guest list is already at 35 people. Wow. 35 people. So if you don't want to pay the cover charge, you want to see some nice, beautiful ladies at the uh, Delilah's Gentlemen's Club, and we'll do a live broadcast from there. Plus, you can co-host with us, which is which is a lot of the fun part of, of those roadshows that are going on. So that is happening. And, of course, the big event, the thing that we can all finally breathe about <laughs> after a long time, and shout-out to our good friend John, John Gentile who's put it all together. Uh, so with the, the Bud Light Tavern is going to be – they were originally going to do tickets for all that, but that area is already open to the public anyway. So they decided, you know what? Just everybody come down and hang out with the BGN Radio podcast. So we'll be there live at 745 ready to rock and roll, and we'll be there for Radio Row the entire time. The next week, uh, same time here from 1 to 3, we'll be on WIP as uh, day 3 is going on. So that's very, very exciting. But if you missed part of the podcast that was going on this week on Friday, we had super agent Lee Steinberg, who represents uh, Pat Mahomes. He's represented Troy Aikman, pretty much every quarterback that you can think of in the 90s. Like He was the guy that they made the movie Jerry Maguire about. He was a consultant. He was on there. He actually had some very interesting things to say about our boy Car- Carson Wentz, unprompted, mind you. Philadelphia obviously has the quarterback. They did a very smart thing in in prioritizing that because it's so hard to win outside. So obviously that's not there where they're going to be looking at. They probably solved that for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, boy, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, look, the longest adjustment process and the hardest one fans sometimes don't understand is coming from college quarterbacking to pro quarterbacking and it used to be that you know you'd look at it in three or four years now we look at it in three or four games it just takes time to be able to read the field yeah and see that's i mean i got a little excited about that when it's an outside guy it's not his client then he went on to say if if he was my 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 guy We'd be making a lot of money over that period of time. Yeah, no, especially because, you know, we all always talk about agents speak and having you know trouble believing what they have to say because they are looking out for their clients. The fact that he said that about someone who he is not associated with at all, I mean, that's a big deal. This is Jerry Maguire we're talking about. Yeah. Is it fair to say Carson Wentz completes me? Can I say that? Or? <laughs> yeah, he might. He might. No, but that was really cool. And again, I, I I mean, I hope he's right about all that stuff. But, I mean, BLG, I was talking about Jamal Williams, and he just went, <laughs> turned right for a second. He's like, well, you know, just like you heard there. Um, I don't know. Are we I, – I know we go back and forth a lot about this Wentz thing, and I'm still not comfortable with being like, yeah, he's, he's 100% the guy. I need to see it this year to happen, but – does somebody from the outside, an outside voice, give you a little more optimism about it? I believe it? Lee called him a big winner, too, which is something mm-hmm. that we've heard a lot about last year uh, coming into the draft with Carson, all those championship wins, you know, at North Dakota State and everything. He's, he's, uh, he's a winner. You know, wins matter, and quarterback wins QB and everything. Wins. All of that. But, <laughs> it's, it's a quarterback <laughs> stat, guys. But seriously, I mean, like, Carson, when you look at this guy from uh, an NFL, pers- like the perspective of NFL people and, and things like that, I mean, people really believe in this guy, and there's a reason for that. And maybe uh, maybe sometimes guys get carried away with that, and they're not always right in their evaluations. They're not always correct. But there is a basis here for reasoning. It's not like they're just – this is coming out of nowhere, like, and you see it even earlier in this week when he was, uh, he had his press conference down at Novacare. Just the poise, he's so impressive. Um, you really uh, have co- this guy inspires confidence in people. I think 
It's interesting to see what Zach Ertz has said about Carson this week, where he's taking on more of that vocal leadership role. And that's something I always go back to a day last year in training camp where it was a day where the quarterbacks were there the whole time, right? Because they always have to get there early. And But one day they gave Chase Daniel and Tim Bradford off. They gave the veterans off one day. So Carson was the main guy that day. And in training camp, he was leading the huddle. He was leading everything around. I think that's going to be really cool to see this year now that Sam Bradford's gone, Chase Daniel's gone, Carson's the guy. Well, especially considering that he didn't know he was going to start until eight days before the season last year. To think about that type of the extra year, the maturity, but also going back to Carson's press conference from last week, I think, you know, he doesn't say much because he's smart and he's not going to give anything away. But the one thing he kept harping on, the seven and nine thing, he's like, that's not good enough. Like, I want to win. And I just feel like that's been one of the, like, predominant things that has come out of Carson Wentz. We don't hear him talk a ton, but when we do, it's just about Winning, which and, uh, is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that just came out yesterday at 419 on 420. Come Ooh, on, Ian Rappaport. Oh, come on, Come Ian. on. One more minute. You couldn't ah. launch that thing. It would have been perfect. Well, he knew everyone was going to be busy at 420 <laughs> on 420. He wanted to tweet out right before, I think yes, is what it was. Yeah, so also on the podcast this week, we had our good friend Emery Hunt over at Football Game Plan, who probably had one of the greatest lines about this Ruben Foster deal happening uh, this week. If Lawrence Taylor was was doing what Lawrence Taylor did <laughs> as a New York Giant and was on Coke, and we need to get him some more Coke, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But I look at Ruben Foster, and I think, like, man, when you go back and watch his high school film, I remember we put together a football game playing All-American team, high school team, and Ruben Foster was on the first team, and we were just laughing in between segments like, my goodness, every time this guy touches the ball carrier, they go down. There's no extra yards at all. And if Reuben Foster needs more weed, give him more weed. That's how I feel about all that stuff. I, the NFL PA is literally meeting about all of this. Uh, I think there's been Todd Harriman's has been an advocate. He's been on this station Eugene talking Monroe, about everybody. Big time advocate. The weed thing is going to go away. It and should. I think, and, not, and not just like uh, in a couple of years. Like after this year, I think you're going to see a lot of that move that way. And it's amazing to me how many people said, well, Ruben Foster's off the Eagles board now. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you, crazy? And, and you see all this stuff where it's like, well, now he slid out of the first round. That might end up being true. But the uh, he, again, like we've talked about for a long time, the nastiness, surely it's a it's a tad undisciplined. That, that just seems to me like that is, if you could draw up a perfect thing for Jim Schwartz, a little bit undisciplined, a little bit of swagger. That's Reuben Foster. Yeah. I, I don't understand where it's suddenly like, oh, nope, he's gone now. Yeah, and he fits in the terms of he's such a he's a football player. Is what we, I hate yeah, him, but he's a football player. But also in the wide nine, you need a guy like a linebacker you can guarantee is going to make tackles for you. He's going to get that second level covered. That's what Reuben Foster is. But back to the weed thing, too. I, like, I think the maybe the most under-talked about story in the NFL right now is this painkiller thing. Like, it's a real deal thing that a lot of these guys are hooked on it. A lot of these guys keep going back to painkiller. Weed is a much better answer for for a lot of these problems, a lot safer answer for these people. I think that ultimately, I think you're right. I think we're headed in that direction. There are enough guys who are advocates for this where I think this is going to become a thing of the past. And as far as Foster goes, you know, you absolutely don't take him because he smokes some weed. I'm sorry. Or don't not take him, excuse me, because he smokes (laughs) Mm -hmm. some weed. the, there are a lot of players in the NFL who smoke weed. Yeah, and, so. it's, just, and it's just that we get to this point in the season, and I'm I'm not saying that, like, oh, that's a, you, you shouldn't worry about it. You should still take it at 14. No, that's still a concern there. Sure. But, uh, I, I mean, if that's good, I mean, we, we've seen this a lot already. We saw Tunsil do the same thing last year when all of a sudden 
Somebody, some uh, his stepfather, or whatever, puts that Instagram yeah. post about him smoking weed oh, in a boy. in a in a and gas mask, and he throws a thirteen. And guess what? He ended up having a fantastic Warren year. Warren Sapp, Randy Moss. I mean, there's so many examples on and on of these and guys. On and if on. you're talented and you're a good football player, you're going to be a good football player in the NFL, and and someone's going to get really lucky taking you later than they should have. I'd be more worried about him, you know, saying the things to that nurse at the combine, and not, and and some of those other things that you were worried about, like he got rejected the combine, the shoulder, the shoulder thing is and still also, available. That's more concerning. Also, the stupidity of knowing that you're going to get tested at the combine and getting caught at the co- that. that, well, that I'm too. more worried about the stupidity of it than the actual failed test. There's a lot of red flags there. It's all those things you just mentioned: the shoulder, uh, the, the failing the test, all of this. It's not just one. It's like not one thing that makes it so bad, but just like you just said there, James, all the red flags combined kind of make it. Eh. Uh, I think I would still take him at 14. I do not think the Eagles will take him. We've, yeah, I'm we've leaning seen that way, some, of, some reporters now coming out and saying this. Um, that's the sense I'm getting, too. So I, I really don't think he's in play there at number 14. Sorry to rain on the parade. <laughs> no, and, no and, that's, and that's okay. I'm just saying people are going to look at the weed thing and go, that's why he slid, and it's probably the the other tenth that like totally got it over agree. the top you know totally it's just like agree. it's it's the it's the attitude which is probably way which as we've known already is way more of a concern to every single one of these front office guys yep. to every single coach to whatever so here's what I want to ask everybody out there as well 888-729-9494 pound 94 94 on your Verizon and AT&T cell phones we've been through the gauntlet since January We've had guys that we really liked, and now we're into this odd, weird place where it is the last week of the draft. What is the biggest flip-flop for you as far as a prospect that you really liked or didn't like in January, and then you got to this point, and you've totally gone backwards on it here? That's that's what I'm... I'm interested in. I think for I don't know, James. What would be will be the first one that sticks out in your head? It's a great one. I, I think I know where BLG is going to go. Yeah. Oh wait, no, <laughs> BLG, give me yours. Yeah, then. I you have going? to go first here. Yeah, absolutely. I know Charles Harris, baby. I knew it. Oh my Let's god! Go. Oh my god! He's on the do Charles it. Harris train now. Can, I'm not can, because everyone else doesn't want to be. Someone has to be. <laughs> I, I knew you I, were I, going I, there. So I looked. I looked at him like he's going to go with Charles Harris right here. I I totally like. I get why people don't want him, but. I feel like some of it, it's to the point where, like, I start writing about Charles Harris or I tweet about him and I get all this backlash. Like, and I wasn't even saying that you should take him at first or whatever. I was just get, relaying the information yes. that I had seen. And, like, people were like, oh, you're an idiot. And he's <laughs> the next you? Marcus yeah. Smith and you suck. And I'm like, well, you know what? I might just go all in on this guy now because what if he turns out to be really good? Then, then you'll you're be the only one. Look really dumb. And you're going to look and awesome. I'll win. So, so, it's a strong, so that's kind of, strong way of it's not just it. that. There's. So, so the other thing that bothers me about it is the reasoning why some people don't like him is really bad. Like if you want to sit down and you want to watch this tape, like Ben Natan did, or you know, our our draft writer at BGN, um, put a good thread together on Twitter about why he doesn't like them. I'm not going to argue against that. It's totally fair. But like you get this people like, oh, I didn't see him in the mock draft. Like what does that mean? Well, like, doesn't that mean doesn't anything. mean anything. To me. I hate these or, late risers. Right. Yeah, that or he's Marcus <laughs> Smith. I just I'm sorry, but like I think when you watch him on tape. He's better than Marcus Smith. I really do. I think you look at his explosion. Marcus Smith isn't that explosive, like no. not at all. So I think you know that those are the kind of things that bother me when we talk about a, a pick like that. Yeah, would you say that was Sabra in your mouth, by the way? Little, uh, little Sabra, Sabra. Yeah, I like to okay. you know sometimes partake. A little non, a little Sabra. Love it. Come on, so good time here. It's delicious um, on a Saturday. Can I go mind the reverse? Can I say someone who I was more interested in before, but now? Oh I'm yeah, less and then I want to get back into Harris. Absolutely. Oh, good. Mine's Gary and Conley. Like I, I, I just. 
like he's a nice player and I think he's a good cover guy, but I, I, the love for him is like blowing me away. I mean, they're talking about him being like a top five pick now. Number or one, number like, one quarterback. The, exactly. Not like, number one pick. It's crazy to me. Like, I, and I know the hamstring thing is an issue, but if I have both him and Lattimore on the, on the board at the same time, I'm taking Lattimore. Yeah, so I don't, I don't get that either. I don't either, get man. it. I'm just, that's my guy. I don't get this kind of Gary and Conley is now the best cornerback in the draft. There are, and I think there are three or four guys that you kind of point out in that situation where it, the, Conley was not a thought on anybody's brain until freaking Sidney Jones went down. Yes. And then all of a sudden, oh, actually, Conley's better. I've never seen, and fam, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've never seen a more passive, non-tackling CB in my life other than Conley. Like, Lattimore has his faults there, too, and I think we've picked him apart to death. The same thing that we're doing with, like, Fournette and all these other different guys here. Lattimore is the best corner in the draft. Yes, preach. period. Has been ever since. The hips are great. Sure, he's a little touchy. He's great in the press. He's great against zone. He's exactly what you need to fit here. Yep. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, Conley, the guy that completely just goes <laughs> away from any kind of contact. That's what Jim Schwartz wants in here. No, no, it's completely crazy. 888-729-9494. Oh, my goodness. Is that who I think it is? I hope so. I think it is. Matt in Lancaster or Lancaster. I don't know how to <laughs> pronounce Lancaster. it. Lancaster. You know that. It's Matt, Lancaster. Matt Gumbrecht, what is happening, sir? What's up, boys? Yo! How you doing? What's going on, man? Yes, it's Lancaster. Lancaster. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> Tell it is. Come on. Tell us. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I guess I was just talking draft. I was thinking, like, we, you know, we've been kicking around a bunch of prospects for so long. And uh, I want to know each of you guys, if you had to draw a line in the sand and say, this is my guy that I'm pining for at 14, because we got a week, man. That's it. Who do you want? Who do you absolutely have to have at 14 in the draft? See, it's, it's, gone, it's gone all over the place I, for me. It was Ruben Foster for me. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh. I think right now still, and I've, I think I've said <laughs> this from January, I, and it's not necessarily at 14, I need O.J. Howard on this football team. <laughs> I don't care. Like, that is – I am, Man, that I is it. that is in whatever it takes, and the note is left on the draft room floor. <laughs> that's what I would be writing. I want, oh, yeah, I want OJ Howard. Whatever it takes. You know James? what? I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna forget all these these. I don't think it's gonna happen, like BLG said. But you know what? I want Reuben Foster on this football team. That dude is a football player. He's a man. He's gonna make whoever takes him better immediately. I, I, the red flags are the red flags. I'm taking Reuben Foster. I'm taking the best football player on the board in my mind. I'm gonna go with Dalvin Cook. I don't think it's going to happen. Wow. I think it's going to be that in the second was, round. That was really unexpected. Um, I think there's at 14. I wouldn't wow. No, I wouldn't take him at 14 because of all the red flags oh, and everything. Gotcha. Just on tape alone, like if I had just had to pick a player who I want on the Eagles in that regard, I, I really want them to upgrade the running back position. So I'm kind of leaning that way. Matt, wow. who's, who's your guy, buddy? Ooh, I don't know. I really like Derek Barnett. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be very happy with Barnett. Yeah, if I'd, be, I'd be into that. I think we definitely – the pass rush is such a huge need, and we really overlooked that because we're like – we're still waiting for Vinny Curry to break out. Free like we're still waiting for Hurts <laughs> to break out. But still, yeah, you know, like, I think we need that pass rush. That pass rush is going to help everything else. But, I mean, it sucks to wait a whole other round for a cornerback. I mean, it really it's a does. class, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, buddy. And we appreciate the call. We will see you down, uh, well, probably for all the events because he's coming out oh, to all he, the BGN radio there. stuff. It's going to be awesome. But we'll get into that because I do have some very hot scorching takes when it comes to Barrett. Or, or Barnett versus Harris, and I, I just need to get them out there. It's coming up on BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. With the 14th pick in the draft, it's official, it's in. Philadelphia selects Delilah's. 
That's right. The only pick before, during, and after the draft is Delilah's Gentleman's Club and Steakhouse. Join them the night before the draft for a special pre-draft podcast with Bleeding Green Nation's John Barchard and James Seltzer. Podcasting live from Delilah's. There's always free admission with your hotel key, plus ample free parking and late-night dining until 1 a.m. For bottle service reservations and more details, visit Delilah's.com. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So I know that, like, there is a lot of people that are trying to convince themselves that Charles Harris is actually a great pass rusher and is is fantastic and is just absolutely, if the NFL says it, then then obviously that has to be true in his players. Let me just say this for a moment. If you're looking at Charles Harris's tape and then you look at Derek Barnett's tape and then you're equaling their combine and their athletic ability all at the same time, you're nuts. You're crazy. <laughs> you're an insane person. I don't know what you're trying to do to convince yourself that all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Charles Harris. Oh, yeah, actually, he's the better guy. Are you kidding me? If he, like, if you look at any, if go look at LSU. Go look at just uh, three or four games against the SEC, and you're just like, oh, man, he is just, he can't get quite get there. The, now, the, the hurries are there. That's great. But if he was a little more athletic, and I think Ben Deton actually pointed that out, too. He would have had a sack. He would have had more sacks. He would have done this. The production's there. And then you look and he's against the run. You're just like, oh, my God. He can't contain the edge. He can't, you know, none of that. So I'm just like, what? Where did this come from all of a sudden? Is this? I I, I honestly think that the, the Harris thing is, is a whole bunch of smoke. It has to be. Like, it, it just doesn't happen like this. Yeah, well, it's weird because it's, it's like Mike Mamula without the insane – combine athletic before like at least with Mamula, Mike Mamula. at least with Mamula, you're like all right like I don't uh, at the time I was like I want someone who was better in college but at least I could look at the numbers and be like wow this guy is crazy athletic that's not even there with Harris like I don't I don't get it I don't get any of it it's so strange to me how so like the Gary and Conley thing like he was always a first round pick for whatever it's worth people are always like expect but now he's just shooting up. Charles Harris came out of nowhere. To well, how do the, you know Harris wasn't always a first round? Maybe pick. he was. You're right. Maybe he was on. But you're right, Brandon. Fine, Charles Harris lover. <laughs> That's a, either way. Like John, to your point, like there is no way you can watch both guys play side by side. Put up Derek Barnett tape. Derek Barnett, Char- who's 20 years old, yeah, by the way. You put up Charles Harris tape. There is no like. I'm sorry if you watch that and you tell me that Charles Harris is better. You don't know football. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, Greg oh, Cassell doesn't know football? Greg Cassell, Fran Duffy, wow, he just brought down the hammer. Shots I wasn't going to go that far, but bang, there it is. Uh, 888-729-90. Well, those guys do know football, yeah, but they're, they're having, they have a bad take on this one. How about that? Oh, wow. Wow. More fair. Yeah, I like that. 888-729-9494. It is BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Elter, Brandon Lee Gowden, all hanging out with you. Let's go to Joe in Mount Laurel. Joe, what's happening this afternoon, bud? Don't ever take a Harris as a defensive end. Don't even take a defensive end. You know, you realize you said Mamula. Mamula was the best defensive end we've chosen. Think about that. You oh, Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham was better than Mamula, don't okay. you think? I'll, I'll give Graham. Graham's probably a little better. Than, Mamula really wasn't that bad. He just was traded up for, and you passed on a great player. I mean, Mamula had a lot of hurries. And he, he was okay. All right, but Are we not putting Charles John Harris. Harris on the list of great defensive John Harris, but <laughs> pretty much. I mean, uh, those are the two best. Uh, I'm pretty superstitious. I don't take anybody. A uh, Harris, I don't take a Tennessee player either. Um, you know, the last Tennessee player in the first round, Anton Davis, we traded up an extra first-round pick for him. I, I hate to be superstitious, but you actually, I agree with you a million percent on O.J. Howard. He hey. is ready. He is ready. He's a play. He's a, 
And, you know, that changes everything. I, I trade Matthews for whatever I can get. Burton goes to the slot if I have to. Um, you know, he's a different dynamic. Um, what's his name? Uh, what if I just said his name? Howard. With Howard, he, yeah. He's, yeah. Last year I loved the other Howard as the second best back. I said he's the second best back in the draft at Jordan Howard. Uh, and I, I'm like, oh, man, get him, get him in the third round, get him in the fourth round. And we just missed him. The Bears got him. And I thought he was a poor man's Ezekiel Elliott. And Elliot, I thought was a was a generational back, and I thought this guy was a notch below. This year, I Joe, really can like we get you in the draft room? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, can the Eagles the goal, get Joe. you in there? That's uh, you know, who else like Jordan Howard, Joe Douglas, like yeah. Jordan Howard, too. yeah, Joe, Joe, yeah, Joe, <laughs> so so much so, which I thought was that was the interesting thing that I took away. I think it was Jimmy Kemsky from the Philly Voice who had asked the question. You know, historically, when you're in Chicago, when you were in Baltimore, you didn't take any running backs in the first couple of rounds, their first two rounds, first three rounds. I think the, the, the highest one was in the third round. Uh, all he basically said is just like, that's not really how I rank things. It's just kind of how the board ended up falling out there. Like we had, we had rankings on all these guys. It doesn't determine what it is. And it's probably true of a lot of GMs, but I, it's, it's interesting to know that he's like, I don't, I don't draft. I don't go by, have yeah. a round by round. I thought I that just was put, fascinating. Put a board together and what fits the Eagles best. He here. said that's what Baltimore does too. And that's where he learned it. I thought that was a really fascinating way to look at the draft as a put. I mean, cause logically without ever any of us ever being in a war room, you know, during a draft, you would think it would be the other way around. So I thought, I agree with you. I thought that was fascinating. I think that's where the Harris love comes from too. I think one of the things he specifically said about that is how players fit into our scheme. I think that's why they could potentially value him higher See, than other teams. Yes, that's fair. I hate that though because the schemes change all the time. Sure. Like you know how many? I mean, Jim Schwartz is he the defensive coordinator here for the next decade? You know, yeah, you probably, who knows? Like, I've seen people you know say I mean? like, like, but you can't plan for the next defensive coordinator. I agree. I, I, can I agree. Get what you're but saying. you want guys who? I mean, in my mind, you want guys who fit lots of schemes. You know what I mean? You want guys who are, are schemeless, aren't scheme dependent. Yeah, like. You know, yeah, a guy who, but who is that? I mean, like, who is like Miles Garrett, number one? I mean, sure, like, but, I mean, I under, like, look, you, that's my point. I don't think Derek Barnett the, is. I don't think like it's the, oh, he oh, has to be a schemeless player. Yeah, four three white nine is four three white nine for any defensive end should, should be, be all right. You should, should be you should be there. able to succeed in that, right? You know, but opposed, yeah, going off from that because that's I mean that's what we said a lot about this defensive line from last year into this year. Well, oh, you're going from a three four to four three. It's going to benefit so much. Mm. Well, the interesting really. thing about O.J. Howard and flipping around on that side is it does seem that because of need, obviously, we have kind of fixated a lot on the defensive side over the last, talking about things that have changed over the last few weeks. Mike Mayock came on the Midday Show this week and said, I would not only go offense in the first round, I'd go offense in the second round, too. Interesting, because like it does seem like, wouldn't you say, that over the other than like the McCaffrey talk, it's kind of shifted more towards defense in the first round than than offense. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily what's going to happen. And a, a lot with the rest of the teams as well, too. It's not just the Eagles. There's, there's a lot of defensive players that are going off the board in the first round. And I got to say, like, I, I'm, I'm with Mayock. I'm with a lot of people. The best available players are going to be on offense so right in those spots. I think they're I, forcing it otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where McCaffrey's going to end up going. I mean, his... his his line has gone from like, okay, he's going to be with the Saints at 32. He's up to, you know, Eight. now the Panthers are, are yeah. going to draft him. And there's potentially somebody might get interested in that 10 to 14 range to try and, you know, jump the Saints or jump the Patriots or do, do or, uh, or the jump, Panthers, excuse or me. Or jump the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, the area. I, I guess. And that's why we still don't have a definitive answer on that, too. Like, it's, uh, for uh, again, I still think the Eagles won't take a running back. 
Um, in and, the first round. And to I, somebody was tweeting at you saying it was like, well, they haven't they haven't drafted a middle linebacker in the first round either. Yeah, but they wanted Luke Keekley and they couldn't get him. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that would. That's what I'm saying. Like we get into these things about well, you can't take this. That's the other thing I've learned through this draft process. Once again, people are so against taking good players because of their positions. It, it, whether it's McCaffrey, whether that's a, 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 a middle linebacker or a wide receiver or whatever, those are what's going to be best at that on the board there. I, I guarantee it. And I think if they go defensive end, I think if they go Charles Harris and McCaffrey somehow still on the board. Or Mike Williams or, and Corey Davis are on the board. Something like that. There's That's when the large freakout, I think, starts to happen. and be like, man, you better be right. Well, especially, right. well, think about, I mean, granted, they brought Alshon Jeffrey in, but a one-year deal, and, you you know, they have control and all that. But, like, how much were we talking, like, just take the best receiver off the board when you pick? Like, I don't care if it's Corey Davis, Mike Williams, whoever, just get a long-term answer at that position. And, yeah, we brought Alshon Jeffrey in for a year, but you still need a long-term answer at that position. I mean, you could bring Jeffrey back, of course, but you know, you know, all they talked about is developing around this quarterback of the future what better way to do it than to take the best receiver on the board at 14 especially if they fall because it seems like the Gary and Conley's of the world are going ahead of them yeah I don't really expect them to go offense in the first round there but like am I going to be upset with it no of course not because my thinking is hey these are more tools and these are more weapons for Carson Wentz how can anyone get mad about that I mean let's get this guy all the pieces he needs and especially after last year, like, come on. Like, we just went through that last year. It was so <laughs> brutal just watching him every week throw. Not only did Carson Wentz throw a record or second most amount of times last season of any rookie, any rookie quarterback ever, he was throwing to the worst receiving core in the NFL ever. No, I don't know if ever, but, but <laughs> no, pretty close. Cool. Uh, let's go ever. I think, we I can, think it's fair to say ever. They were very bad. So Up there. <laughs> and, and, and the running game wasn't there each week because Ryan Matthews was hurt. And then Darren Sproles was – for like, at 33 years old, never been a full time player in his yeah. whole career as your starter at something like get offensive players. I'm not going to complain about it. I just don't think that's the way they're going to go. 888-729-9494. What's one player that you loved or hated in January that is you've completely flip flopped as we're this point in the in the draft process? What are we five days away? Is that uh, right? Am I bad at math? Five, yes. Well, yeah. No. Well, do we if we count today as a day, then we are six away. Correct think that's right either way it's very close <laughs> it's next thursday so so uh it's really soon bad at math yeah. and maybe bad at draft takes but I'm, I'm curious what you guys think if anything has kind of changed your mind uh throughout this process there i think obviously i think mccaffrey's changed everybody's mind mm-hmm. for, since then i think he's the player that has gone from like oh yeah that would be he can be there in the second round which we were definitely saying a month and a half a month and a half ago to now he he's going to go in the top 10 yeah. and because of all the different stuff that that just comes out and this is this is what's crazy about it too is just because we all as as fans as hosts as, as NFL football fans we have such limited information on what we're going by even if you're on draft breakdown even if you're watching YouTube videos and highlight videos it still doesn't tell you the whole picture it still doesn't tell you what kind of scheme that they're running that they're in you know, I, I can't identify those things. I'm not that good. You know, I can't go like, the, hey, there. You need the coaches tape to even consider to begin to do it. <laughs> yes. And you can't meet Shout these kids. Shout out to PFF. Think about meeting these kids. I mean, just the like actually meeting these individuals. And I, I mean, how much did, did uh, Joe Douglas talk about the, I want to see what's in their soul, the will to win, that kind of stuff. I think that does matter. Absolutely. So so we're, we're kind of stuck in this like odd place where, where we don't understand <laughs> a lot of this Charles Smith hype and, and or Charles Harris hype and. And, and things like that that are happening through here. McCaffrey's a guy I, I get, though. Like, you know, you track you track back from all the way from from what you first saw in him. I mean, this guy was uh, his freshman year 
The same with Leonard Fournette. Those two guys looked like they were going to take over the world. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, <laughs> they're both Heisman candidates. Both of them probably should have either won all those. And now you get into their next year. Their teams aren't as good. They don't do good any any good bowl games, and now it's it's all shifted away from that. And there's you know the, the running who's been number one at running back has changed the most I think in the last two months, and I don't think anybody's happy with with an answer yet. Yeah, no, especially considering the whole you know mixing factor in there as well in terms of uh, in terms of you know the whole like off the field character stuff. Dalvin Cook as well. I mean, you have four guys there who everyone agrees at least are first round talents, which you. Very, I mean, when was the last draft where we heard four running back talents, first round type talent guys? Um, I think the interesting thing with McCaffrey is I think we kind of came into this draft process saying like he could be a, a better version of Darren Sproles at his best or whatever. That's now, what Zach Hurt said. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but now they're saying like, now it's like this guy can be like the focal point of an offense. And I don't know if he can be, but. I mean, you hear like John Ritchie said he's the best route runner in this draft, like period, period. you know, and, and like stuff like that. And then it, obviously the the combine numbers, the three cone, all that stuff. He's like like elite, off the charts, elite, yeah. like elite type stuff. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that that McCaffrey is probably with the workouts, with the with the combine, with all that stuff, has changed his perception more than anybody. All right, let's go back to the phones. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Let's go out to Jack. Jack, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. Good. Jack A. <laughs> hey, James. How are you, buddy? Good, Jack. How Good. you doing, buddy? Good. Um, hey, it. we might not even have a shot at McCaffrey. It sounds like Carolina, if they don't get Fournette, is going to grab him. So if that's the case, here's what I want to pose to both of you. Um, nobody's talking about this. And BLG. Yeah. <laughs> All of us. Wait. Lane Johnson, what what happens if Lane Johnson goes south on the on the whole um, PED again? I mean, should we be talking about taking a tackle? Well, his career would be over at that point, Jack. He'd miss two years, two whole years if he gets suspended a third time. So um, you would think, you know, like they they have to think about offensive tackle for the long term because you know JP's not going to be here too much longer. He's thirty five. Exactly. I I think nobody's talking about this, but. I think if there's a tackle worth taking, and I don't know that there is, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, Absolutely, you know. Jack, and we appreciate the call, buddy. We're just a little bit up against the break here. I, I think that that is, I mean, there's all, there. The, the problem with this Eagles team is we can identify sneaky needs like that. They're all just needs, they, whether it's now or the future or whatever. And that's why when people take on the surface, Jeffrey Lurie is saying you need to be patient with this team. That's what he's talking about because you start to think of all the other different things like, oh, yeah, crap, that's it. That's in the next year. <laughs> and we, we get so solely focused on a lot of those things. So that's why, like, you bring up O.J. Howard's name and everybody goes, ugh, a tight end. <laughs> yeah, but you're probably not going to have two of those guys here in next year or the year after or whatever. They can get rid of Burton just as easy as they're going to get rid of Selick next year. Those two things are going to happen. You don't know what Zach Ertz's future holds. He's been really productive. Do you really want to say, like, no, he he is the guy for us moving forward? And as far as tackles go, there are some interesting ones in there. And I think you can get even a little later in the rounds. I want you guys to remember the name Julian Davenport, friend of BGN Radio and also just athletic as crazy. Crazy athletic. And he's a local-ish guy out there in Bucknell. So, uh, and and that's the, as I did a leg kick for, for no reason whatsoever. But uh, he, I mean, you can get him early day three. 
And and Joe Douglas had some interesting comments about the offensive line depth, and we'll get into that just after the break. Plus your phone calls at BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio. Jump Archer, James Elser, Brandon Lee Gatton all hanging out with you until three o'clock. We're gonna play uh we're gonna play a little NFL draft game in the two o'clock hour. Ooh. We're gonna so we're gonna test your knowledge on that. 888-729-9494 plus we'll get into the Eagle schedule. And we oh. will not be doing the win loss, win loss, win loss <laughs> snooze fest. All right. But in uh we'll look at it from like a macro perspective and kind of see where the pitfalls are. Because there I mean, there's three games. Uh, in each West Division, AFC and NFC, that they're all traveling to. I think that factors in quite a bit in the schedule. A lot of flying. So we'll get into that. Uh, and just as I said, there was Joe Douglas had was was is basically championing this uh, this offensive line class, which a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's so weak, it's so weak, it's so weak." And he's like, "Actually, there's a lot of depth in there," and I I I, I believe him. I think it's 100 percent right. And if you're trying to find a Jason Peters replacement. Maybe you probably won't in this class. I don't know what's going to happen next year either. But if he's there and you can develop a guy for a year, I think they absolutely need to because I don't want Lane Johnson moving from right tackle. Not once. Not Don't even think about it. It's going to happen. He's one of the best right tackles in the league. Leave him there. And I, it's it's becoming more and more important in the NFL, right? As as, as far as left, the that pass rushers true. are coming from all of them. You keep him there. Yeah, but you you're don't the guy who always says, oh, you know, you're paying him left tackle money and Jason Peters is still here. Yeah, that's yeah, but you, exactly. So I don't. What's wrong with that? So you don't want to move him to left tackle? No. But then why do you? Why are you so eager to get rid of Jason Peters? Because he's only going to be here for. So one you want to put Vitae in at left tackle then? No, I'm not. I'm. Did we not just say the draft is coming up right now and go find his replacement? If somebody's I'm saying you've been wanting to get rid of Jason Peters, yes, because if somebody comes, with right, the, I'm getting off topic. With the, with the right, no, this is on topic. With the right offer, if if. Let's say Seattle, whoever gets crazy and goes, okay, let's give you a second-round pick for Jason Peters. If you're not saying yes immediately, you're crazy. So then you're, move, you're keeping lean at yes. right tackle, and then you're moving Vitae to left tackle. No, I'm saying <laughs> Listen no, I'm to saying, the words the that players, are coming out of my mouth. With the players who are on the roster right now. He's saying right now. If I'm you not saying we can guarantee right you're getting someone in the draft. If they take nobody in the draft, then yeah, you would have to do that. You would absolutely have to do that and, and fit whatever like of the 17 different linemen that they still have on on this thing and stick somebody else at right tackle. Absolutely. I'm just saying the way they're set up right now to wait and see what kind of falls with the offensive line, have have Jason Peters replacement this year. Don't wait till next year. Yeah, I or agree. Or potential to. I agree with you. I, I think you have to. I mean, like, I think it's very fair to say that this is Jason Peters' last go round in an Eagles uniform. Would be my guess. And I don't think, you think anybody asks about him? Trade value-wise, it's a contender. I don't know. I mean, look, I, like, I, I think if nothing else, it'll be a situation where maybe you could probably get a sixth or a fifth for him or something like that. But which I, isn't worth it. Which isn't worth it. Exactly. I'd, I'd rather just have him protecting Carson Wentz. All right, let's go to Matt in uh, Potsdam. Matt, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Good, man. Um, Eagles draft, I'm excited for it. I, I, I think it's really getting, and, it's, and it will, it's really getting diluted and it's getting overlooked at. I, I think what the process is, and I yes, I use the word process, uh-huh. that they're going to go after, that they have to at this point is, it's, it's really based off of last year. You, they moved up in the draft to get Carson Wentz at the number two pick. You're not going to do that if, if this year you're going to go after pieces that almost make him a game manager, just hand the ball off. 
you got him because you want your offense and you want your team to sling the ball. You want a leading quarterback. So you got to put the pieces around him. They started it with getting Alshon Jeffrey, and I think he's going to be a long-term guy, barring that he doesn't soil the bed in that first year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be signed for the long-term deal. Torrey is a stopgap, so we understand that. The part that you have to go get, if he's there, I think it's three guys that are on the Eagles' depth chart that they look at, and then after that it could be a crapshoot. It's Christian McCaffrey, number one. He is the X factor. You can use him in the slot. He can run between the tackles. It gives you the ability to get rid of Jordan Matthews and use him as a chip or a piece to maybe go somewhere else. If he's not there, then you start to look at Cook, and if neither one of them are there, then maybe you go and get the, the, the wide receiver, Williams. Other than that, I don't know what they would do beyond that. Then maybe they go look at the defensive side of the ball and you go get, you know, the guy that wants to hit you in the soul in, in Reuben Foster. I don't know. But I think they got to go offense first because all those other pieces, it's deep in secondary, it's deep at running back. And first, I also don't believe that the Eagles are going to draft in the 14th spot. Howie is going to do something to either move up to make sure that we get McCaffrey or if the guy that they really want isn't there, they're going to shuffle back into the order somewhere around 16, 17, 18 and get some additional picks somewhere along the Matt, line. Matt, I do not gr- believe Matt, we're going to draft at 14. Really good call. We appreciate it. I, the one part that threw me off there was, was I get the McCaffrey part of his argument, but didn't and why, doesn't Dalvin Cook not kind of apply to what – you start off by saying they're going to want to sling the ball. They're not going to get a running back to – you know, and then he goes, they're going to take either McCaffrey or, or Cook, which threw me well, off I, a little I bit. Think, with the, I, I, yeah, I think – I get I was, the McCaffrey part, but, like, he, the whole argument was they're not going to take a running back in the first round because they want to get people to sling the ball to, right? Oh, yeah, but it's, I think you can sling the ball I to think those you can do it, Yeah, but it's still – I don't think Cook makes nearly as much sense as McCaffrey, if that's your argument. I, and I still think that – Either one of those guys in, I know it's in. I, I, I guess that's the other thing for me in January. Corey Davis has fallen off a map. Yeah, what happened to Corey Davis? I know he's hurt, but like, what happened to Corey Davis? I still think I would take, you know, if if McCaffrey's not there or whatever, if we're, if we're just talking about offensive-minded players, O.J. Howard's off the board if all that stuff. I yeah. mean, like, I would gladly accept me Corey too. Davis on this football team. Me too, and I would take Mike Williams too. I would take either of those guys. I'm, it seems like both of those guys have kind of – disappeared on the radar, but especially Davis, especially Davis. I mean, he's, he's got the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in this draft. Yeah. And we got, we got to keep remembering too, that the draft is not in one round. It is not one in the yes. first round. It's all we talk about. It, it, it's all we <laughs> end up. Yeah, exactly. So we never, we never are able to dive deeper into like, you know, Ooh, you know, maybe a guy like Chad Williams from Grambling, who's going to be there later on. Who's got a, a great frame. Great, great pro days. Great. All that. Uh, your, you know, your we, favorite we get, player in the draft Cooper cup. Oh God! <laughs> you know, if he ends up, if, honestly, there is a point. If he ends up on this football team, I might quit. Oh no! Like I'm just like, you know what, man? If that's your, if that's your, if you, oh, no. if you blew through two rounds John, my, and didn't take a wide receiver, and then you're like, yeah, Cooper Cup, my, I'm my, hanging him up, man. My what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation is not good enough for you to quit. You have to stay. <laughs> I can't. It's not good enough. Honestly, that's the only wide receiver that comes out of this thing. It's uh, we gotta have a, we gotta have a real conversation. Let's <laughs> go to, let's go to uh, two rounds, but let's go to Ron in Pottstown first. Ron, what's going on, buddy? Hey, good afternoon, fellas. I have uh, two comments. First of all, I, I want to comment on John Middleton. Uh, the other day I listened to him. Uh, he wants to be this transcendent team. Uh, first of all, he could start right now. In May, uh, the young kid in Cuba's available. He's a five-tool player. I haven't heard the Phillies link to him at all. And next year they have tens of many to money to spend, and the kid Oshani's coming out of Japan. And I was wondering the if Japanese Babe Ruth, Ron. Yeah, and I was 
I don't know if the Phillies are linked to him at all either. So. I, I look, Ron, I think I think it's an interesting question. I think Middleton, if you heard him with Angelo Cataldi, I think there is no way that you could say that that guy doesn't want to win. Uh, I think that was the predominant was thing that interview. came out of it. He was terrific. Angela was, right, terrific. He was terrific. It was but... great. But I, I'm, here's the thing: I think that I think they'll be in the waters on both of those guys. It's going to be more of a question of if those guys want to come here, um, the, especially the Japanese kid. I mean, he's the best pitcher and hitter in Japan, which is pretty wild. Uh, but uh, I think more likely, Ron. I think you know we're looking at that 2019 free agent class, 28 after the 2018 season. And looking at the Harpers, the Machados, the Donaldsons, all those well, types of guys that are available. To come to a National League team, uh, James. Sure. No, no, it's certainly possible. Certainly possible. Yeah, what do you yeah. got on the Eagles, Ron? The Eagles, I, I, I've always loved uh, uh, Foster, uh, uh, Ruben Foster. But I, I, as I said this week to to James, uh, to Joe and and John, I don't think he's going to get past the Bengals. If I had money to bet in Vegas, I would put money on that. Uh, I can't see them bet. walking away from him. Which is, but yeah, I it, love it. And, and Ron, it's a great call. I, and uh, sorry, we're just up against the break here, but that, see, like you know, they've had they've had Eifert there for a long time. Like that's not going to stop from, from the Bengals from doing that. No, shouldn't stop the Eagles from doing it. Here, we're going to take uh, more of your phone calls. Plus, we'll get into the Eagles' schedule. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP ninety four WIP FM HD one Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Radio on Sports Radio 94 and WIP. We've got a lot on our plates as we are just uh, just a little bit. Uh, what do we, we get? A, yeah, we still haven't figured out the math. The draft is Thursday. We'll just say that. So there's bad a lot of different math. things. Bad at math. The also uh, the schedule came out this week, and I know that there are a lot of people that you know get get geared up into the wins and losses thing and, and go through all that stuff. I'm I, I don't know. I'm not. The, I mean, the draft hasn't even happened yet, so I can't even fathom like. Going into all that stuff. We'll get into that in just a little bit. We're also taking, just, we want to answer this question too. It's just from January on to now, who is the person, who's the draft prospect that you've gone from, this guy's great and I love him to, I don't like him as much anymore to like, I don't like this guy <laughs> as much anymore to, uh, now I love him and the Eagles have to have him. Uh, or or anybody in this draft, that doesn't matter. 888-729-9494. Let us go to Warren in Cherry Hill. Warren, what's going on today, buddy? Everything, everything's okay. How are you guys? Doing fantastic, man. What's on your mind today? I got to tell you, I'm an Eagle fan. or an older guy, been at Franklin Field. But what I don't do is I don't get myself nuts about the draft. I do watch it. But all I've seen, especially the way the NFL's gone now, is every rule's geared to the offense. So I want my offense before I worry about any corners or anything like that. And besides, they say half these defensive backs, they're, they're almost the same. So I want the first thing I want is I want another big receiver. I want Williams. I don't know what Jeffrey's going to do. It might be great. I'd like to see him. The guy's injury prone. But I'd like to see my big wide receiver of the future. And God God bless if they both work out. Then I get a running back. Then I worry about the corners because it's offense. Every rule is geared for offense. A good offense, what you do is you put points on the board, you make the other team's offense one-dimensional. I'm not, you know. Well, the yeah, the, is going to be hard. Then the only thing with uh, with Williams there, Warren, is because him and Jeffrey are so similar that yeah. I, you're probably not going to see a lot of him on the field. But that is definitely that, another guy that's that, the case that, that I'm totally wrong. I just like the idea of a big wide receiver. And if well, Sean can do it, that's fine. But I want offensive players. I really yeah. don't. The only reason I'm not in love with Cafferty, 
I, again, as I said, I don't follow as closely, but every time I hear about he can do it all, I think of Percy Harvin. I think of guys like this. Oh, yeah, I they're want a guy yeah. strictly yeah, They're, they're definitely like different, Ve- di- very way different, different body like, types, too. Yeah, different, yeah. Yeah. Different like, positions. He's like, that. yeah, McCaffrey's like built. Like, that dude's like built. Like, <laughs> Percy Harvin yeah. was like slight and like, you know, super fast, super talented, but not like a brick house. Like, Christian McCaffrey's a brick house. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, yeah, they're, with less concussions, too. Yeah, oh, so, significantly, less yes. Less, just less, less, less wear and tear, seemingly. Not in terms of, of usage, but in terms of the injuries and all that. McCaffrey has seemed to hold up really well. Yeah, but I, I still really like the idea of just going a little bit offense-heavy, yeah. even if it's in the first two totally. rounds. Totally. Listen, there, I, I, I'm, I know this happens a lot when we, when we talk about uh, all that, but, I, you know, are there starters in the third round? There probably are. There That's absolutely are. One hundred percent. There, there Jordan is. Jordan Hicks was a third round pick. Remember? <laughs> exactly. Now, <laughs> now the percentages, you know, goes from seventy five percent down to I think nine percent once yep. you get to the seventh round, as far as who you can pick up with with starters in this thing. But I really do believe in some of these late second, third round type of corners that are in here. I don't know how it's going to fall out. Obviously, shouts to my boy Corn Elder from Miami, who's yeah, not talked about enough. You might even go later than that. You might be able to get yeah. Elder in the fourth round. Yeah, I, and 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 because like when when people talk about. Marlon Humphrey and people talk about you know well he doesn't quite have the ball skills but he's got that intensity he's you know he's he's really up there he's great impressed he can do do some zone stuff he gets lost a little bit that's the kind of way of him about Corn as well now I don't think he can play the outside as well I think you can kind of transition him in between an outside guy and a and a nickel guy and and that's where you can you know win with him guys like Akella Witherspoon from Colorado like that whole secondary in Colorado is ridiculous you know you have you have Chawuzi in there as well who is projected to go a little higher like they're there are definitely Your boy, a boy, Adoree Jackson. <laughs> oh yes, and uh, hey man, he came in for a visit. He came, how about that? We talked about him it's last like literally week. Literally, like the day after he talked about him, it's like Adoree Jackson coming in for a visit. It's <laughs> only like it's almost like we knew something. Yeah, almost, <laughs> yeah, almost but not quite. We we'll go with that though. We'll look smarter <laughs> in that case. We totally knew something. <laughs> Ron in Lehigh Valley, Ron, what's going on this afternoon, bud? Hey man, I'm uh, calling to say that uh, we need to take uh, Ruben Foster off our draft board, and I know that. Uh, Howie and Joe Douglas are listening to the Bleeding Green Nation because they're leading executives under President John Marshard, Vice President Jimmy Seltzer, and Secretary of State Titus. <laughs> Titus. Wow, BLG doesn't even get a mention, even though he runs the site. He's but we're actually man, the president. Yeah, can we call yeah, yeah. BLG yeah, like king of the Bleeding Green Nation or whatever? Yeah. We'll go. Yeah, we'll go. James is vice president. I'll take secretary of defense. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Secretary, secretary. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here, here's the reason why we've had enough of this with, with Reuben Foster. Even though he's the best by far linebacker in the draft, we can't risk this again. We've been through it with Lane Johnson, somebody who fools around with the drug and supplement uh, testing. We, these are the guy's tendencies. We need to take him off the draft board. Yeah, I, I appreciate the call, Ron. I, and I, I get that with some some of it. I mean, if the NFL rules stay in place, sure, that's definitely a factor in there. But can I just say, that? and I trust me, I do not want to have this debate, but it's interesting to me that a lot of people reacted to the Reuben Foster thing and are like, well, got to take him off the board. And it's the opposite with Joe Mixon. Yeah. Like he does. I'm just like, are you kidding me, man? It's ridiculous. And, I'm, yeah, and that's not what Ron was saying. I'm not trying no, to say that either. No, Put but words there in his mouth. But like, there's that thing. And there's, like, there's weed and all that other yeah. stuff versus what else is going on there. So that's astounding to me. And 
He's right. If the NFL doesn't change the rules, sure, that's a risk going in. It's been a risk for a lot of different guys in this league. Yes. They, they, yeah, they figure it out. Yeah. All right. Let, like, most of the time they do. Most of, Warren, it's, Warren it, unless you're Randy Gregory. The exact same thing happened to Warren Sapp. He had a pretty damn good career, okay? Yeah. Uh, let's unless get, you're Randy Gregory or Bernard Williams, who failed 15 drug tests in his first year and then was out of the league. Uh, some might know him as John from Portland. I know him best as at not my real email, is a big follower of the BGN Radio Podcast and also one of our biggest Patreon subscribers. You can wow. do that as well for bonus content, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. John, what's going on today, buddy? How are you? Hey, just keep going, John. Keep talking <laughs> my praise. I'll listen all day. <laughs> what's on your mind today, bud? So, the caller earlier talking about Christian McCaffrey, he's the truth, man. I watch a lot of Pac-12. Yeah, you're you're, an, you're an, or, a uh, a an, or a big Oregon Ducks fan. Is that that is correct, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been in Portland for a decade now, so I've been through the rise of the Ducks, <laughs> <laughs> the right and so and, and, and the fall of it too, because yes. you were out here being being yeah, part of the Eagles. Let's crew. not talk about that. <laughs> the rise. Of, uh, we're cool so with that. About your question, you know, the kind of January, either people you didn't love, didn't yeah. know about. What would you guys think about Adam Sheehan? He's this enormous tight end out of Ashland, third, fourth round pick. He's six six, almost two eighty, and having our slot receiver position kind of turn into a Zach Ertz position as Matthew leaves, and have this big guy as the inline blocking and do a lot of two tight end sets. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like that option too. I mean, like, I, I actually don't know a lot about him specifically. I don't. Th- I, I'm, I've maybe seen a highlight tape of him. Again, because there's so well, many different guys that are coming in it's here. A but, deep tight end class this year. Yeah, you've got you know the kid from Miami. You've got I mean it's Butts. probably it's probably yeah yeah Jake Bud who kind of forgot all about him like because, he got hurt because he was a dumb dumb and played yeah. in that bowl game. And I'm yes. sorry, Jake, I love you, but I you know uh, yeah 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 it's 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 crazy how much and that's the thing like people the, the same way with corners the same way with is is the kind of the tight end class a little bit uh, because you could you could easily get. A very highly athletic guy that's that's going to be that two tight end set guy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in with with finding the right guy for that to so somebody to line up right next to Ertz. And absolutely. I do think, yeah, I think Ertz could could line up in that slot position. He's athletic enough to to be a slot ish type receiver. Yeah, for sure. and I've kind of gave up on him learning how to block. So just <laughs> let him be a wide receiver. That's a fair fair thing to <laughs> fair, give up on, John. Far. John, we appreciate it, buddy. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be down there for the draft, but if he is, just a reminder, we're going to be at the Bud Light Tavern at the draft. It is open to the public. Yes. Bud Light said, you know what? Just bring all the Bleeding Green Nation folks, bring all the Eagles fans, and let's rock and roll and party. So we're going to be there early on Thursday, pretty much every day. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of different things that we're doing. I know we have a, an exclusive interview with, with Zach Ertz, speaking of Ooh. him, uh, on uh, Friday during day two. And the one thing we forgot to mention about the tavern, we're giving away. VIP tickets to day two, and we're going to announce the winner at that dra- at the draft party right there. So that is that is freaking awesome, pretty is amazing. And there's also ways to do it through the station, and we'll get into that just a little bit as we go to Larry in Ridley Park. Larry, what's happening this afternoon, bud? Fellas, how are you today? Doing great, guys. Do you estimate what time the Eagles will be drafting Thursday night? Just a guess. Uh, uh, let's see. I would guess somewhere in the nine thirty to ten o'clock range. Just yeah. you figure a. Depending but, on trades. Yeah, depending. The draft will probably go till 11, 11.30 range on Thursday night would be my guess. You figure about a little under halfway through that maybe. So, 
somewhere between 9.30 and 10. That's just a, yeah. a very, very, very loose rough estimate. guess. Yeah, I, have yes. a, I have a banquet to go to, so I want to make sure. <laughs> oh, no, Larry. Dude, Larry, give, give Titus your phone number. We'll text you what's happening if you're at the banquet. <laughs> hey, guys, you know, let's, let's say neither you, John, or anybody there or myself have been in your draft room, okay? Mm-hmm. But let's just say, let's just play devil's advocate. What if Barnett, Foster, uh, McCaffrey and or Cook mm. or Connolly mm-hmm. or off the board, off the board. What's your second five picks look like? What do you think? Man, uh, so if I'm going to. You're saying like all the like main guys who they're, they're talking gone. about. That's, yeah, just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing devil's sure. advocate. That's all. Charles what Harris. does the second Corey, five look Corey like? Davi- Corey Davis is eye on that base for me. Gone, Williams going, yeah. Corey, yeah, Corey Davis is definitely, I think, the number one guy that would pop off all oh, of our charts okay. there. Um, so, so let me one more question. Sure. Let's let's say McCaffrey is gone early. Okay. Let's say Barnett's gone, Foster's gone, Connolly's gone, and maybe the two receivers. I'm just playing devil sure. advocate. Right, but Larry, and here's Cook the thing: is, at- and Cook is there at 14. Do you pass on him? Yes. I would too. In an instant. And also, Here. there's the thing. You're you're getting the point where devil's advocate almost cannot be realistic. Like, if you take all those guys off the board, then all of a sudden Jonathan Allen's on the board. Or someone like who you're not expect who is oh, a top would be eight there. pick. Solomon you know, like, Thomas. Yeah, all of a sudden mm-hmm. Sol- yeah, Solomon Thomas yeah. sitting on the board at 14. I think you yeah. take Solomon Thomas. Which, again, like, you know, I am praying to the gods of, of football that the Browns and the Bears and somebody Mitchell. else just goes. Take Mitchell. Take, take Mitch. Patrick I will Mahomes. call him Mitchell when I'm going to. Shooting up yeah, the boards. Go, go right for it. Just let him get like bring down Watson, here. Watson, Trubisky, and like Mahomes all go off the board. Can, and I'm good. Be like, I would drop I'm good. Them. Yes. Thank you. Please. <laughs> I'm so good at that. They are, these quarterbacks are great. If any uh, team executives are out there listening, these quarterbacks are terrific. They are future franchise stars. You need yeah, to take them. I mean, if you're passing up on this, I can't, you know, I can't believe that His you're not going to His name is Mitchell. That. Yeah. How Come can on. He, how, can he, how can he pass up a guy like like that, and and it and, sounds like a quarterback. I mean, come on. <laughs> and to his point too, we're just like if those if those situations happen when we're playing devil's advocate, if it feels like you're going to lose your top five, your top six guys on the board, move up the oh, chart. Oh yeah, well, that's a move. Yes, Agreed. that's what you do. You go get the guy you want. <laughs> go get him. It doesn't. Listen, we can we we get. I think as especially around draft time, we overvalue draft picks so so much. It's like, oh, you can't do that. That means you only have this. Yeah, but. I don't. I mean, if that if you know that that's going to be an impact player for your football team. Now I, I say all this, and if they do that for Charles Harris, I'll flip out. But <laughs> but at the same time, if if you have your guy that's going there, totally agree. go get him. Go get your guy. I'm thinking about that too in terms of trading down and why I don't like trading down a lot is because there's this. That's what happened with Marcus Smith. Yep. So that's don't exactly tell me Charles Harris is that guy. Marcus Smith is that guy because the Eagles wanted five or six well, guys at number twenty two. They didn't get any of them. And they're like, ah, I guess we just got to trade down because no one we love is here. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying, you know, obviously there's concerns, Charles Harris, whatever. But, like, if they're on fire about that guy, I like the pick from that standpoint of, like, take a guy you really believe in and you really want. And you're like, and it's you know what the weird thing is? Howie Roseman came on this station back uh, with Joe Douglas back in February, uh, January. Oh, you remember that. He said, Eagles fans are going to be really excited about our pick. And then this week again, he said something weird about, like, I know if, you know, the board we have right now and if it shakes out the way we want, 
we're going to be high-fiving each other in the draft, <laughs> the war room. See, so, that like, doesn't sound like Charles Harris to me. And maybe no. they are. Maybe it's because they're maybe so excited. Him. But, like, that doesn't He's feel... going to so be there? It's like, yeah. of course he's going to be there. Oh no crap, he's going to be there. <laughs> Nobody, yeah, come on. And then we can all high-five and then sell you for... That's a, you see, that's the cycle. We'll all get mad about it, or at least the majority of Eagles fans yes. will get mad about Charles Harris. They'll start seeing some highlight tapes. You will see the short six-second clips of the things that he does really well. Oh, of course. Completely ignoring maybe some of the backside of it. Then by training camp rolls around, somebody will say, you know, Charles Harris looks really good. And then all of a sudden, we're in by August. We're in by the first preseason game yeah. that this is going to work out okay. And then he and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which, and yeah, and that, and that'll be the debate. Him, and then we all want him off the team by week yeah. six. And and every every phone call, every comment will be, this is why I still don't trust Howie Roseman with all this different yep. stuff. You can't have all that in there. Uh, we, I'm I, sure that's the cycle that I we're going to go actually, through. I might actually leave the show just so I can call you guys to say <laughs> that if it plays out and be that caller. Let's go to Charleston Bluebell. Charles, what's going on this afternoon, pal? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. What's on your mind? All right, listen. Um, I'm hearing all these players talk about these. All the callers talking about offense. Defense wins at the end of the day. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. They had a great offense all year long. So but when did the Patriots, the though, Charles. And they played a little defense. They beat champions. Charles, the Patriots defense. won with offense, though, right? But I, I want defense at the end of the day. It's defense that wins championships. No, no, I no, it does not. I don't think it does, it does anymore, not. man. I think that's an well, old adage that is not I, I, Charles, not Charles, you, you've, hit a, you've touched a, a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> Tom Brady has five so rings, this, you know that, right? This, is, this isn't coming on you. Uh, it's just yeah. like, uh, I. Charles gives you, or excuse me, defense gives you a chance to win championships. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I want, if, if Ruben Foster is there, I'm going to grab him. I think Ruben Foster equals, Cornel, equals Cornelius Bennett. You know, Ooh, so wow. that's a really interesting comp. comp. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think that I think I think it even be I think his ceiling is higher than Bennett, to be blatantly honest. But I think that's a nice kind of solid floor yeah. for who he could be. And Charles, on the on the podcast uh, this past week, we were talking with, you know, our good friend Teron Davenport over at the Eagles Wire and Ben Natan and all that. And we were just getting getting that. It's just he's a missile, not only with. It's it's not even the run stopping that and the quarterbacks and, and and getting to them and doing all that. It's what he does in the middle versus yep. tight ends Absolutely. versus running backs and, his, and just can annihilate those and guys. His football IQ on top of that, he yeah. always is in the right spot. You watch Alabama play defense. Reuben Foster is always in the spot he's supposed to be in to exactly. make a play, and he always makes the play. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Exactly. Now you know if if you have a front seven, then cornerback is not as important. If you have a good front seven, yep. Uh, you know, having you know, we used to have a cornerback yeah. here named Eric Allen. He used to play for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Well, he had that front seven that was ferocious that made him an all-pro. Absolutely. You know? so, and, a, and a lot of those guys did, Charles. Absolutely. That's the John Ritchie always says it. It's one of my favorite lines. It's called the secondary for a reason. Yes. It's the secondary, you know? <laughs> and that's what's true. But see, and the, the but and we're saying all this is like, well, why do you like Charles Harrison? Because it has to be the right front <laughs> seven. Exactly. Exactly. It can't just be any, any Joe Schmo that kind of goes up and in, in there. And and I get it. Like we I get- want edge rushers. Can we just say that? Like yes. just framing this whole conversation about Charles Harris. John and I have both said many times that we want edge rushers here. We would be absolutely happy with an edge rusher in the first round. And that's the thing. I, f- I forgot to touch on that because most people will look at that and go, "This is where I, I I'll give Howie Roseman a little credit here." When you look at this and just go, "Well, you're paying Vinnie Curry. You signed Chris Long. You have Brandon Graham here." You have all these other depths here. Where's going to be his spot? And now you're talking. The the thing is, like, yeah, you they definitely want a pass rusher. We we feel we know that Howie wants a pass rusher at fourteen. At least that's our that's our gauge on it. Is he admitting that? Okay, that was mistaken. We have to move on. 
I think that's a, I think that's a good thing for yeah. general managers to look at and be like, okay, this thing didn't work. The production isn't there. He's 29. How many chances are we going to give uh, this Al. guy? We have to have an insurance yeah. policy and some and find his replacement. Some of it's better. A- absolutely, like you can't just like you know to go back to the old Joe Banner thing, the insanity thing. Like you can't just keep assuming it's going to work, and if it never works and never works. Assume it's still going to work. We did the hashtag free Vinny for so long. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They freed Vinny. <laughs> All right. You know? Yeah. yeah you just gotta, <laughs> it gotta didn't work. Accept it at some point. Let's go to AJ on the cell. AJ, my man, what's happening, buddy? No. It's AJ, it's the girl. AJ. Yeah, I thought I was about oh to say. I'm like, I think this is my girl, two, AJ. There's two different AJs. Yes. I'm sorry. What's up, AJ? That's okay. I love you. Hey, sexy self. How you doing, AJ? <laughs> I like that. Can we go with that as my new nickname? It's pretty good. Uh, no. I like that. <laughs> I no, it's mine. It's mine only I'll take for it, you. AJ. I'll take it. AJ, you coming, out? Had... you coming to hang out with us, by the way? Um, for the draft, I'm volunteering for the last two days, unfortunately, because something came up on the first day, of course, the best day that I had to attend to. Well, that's okay. So You're volunteering, volunteering, so that's 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 well worth it. What's on uh, yeah, what's on your mind I mean, this afternoon? Uh, this Honestly, you guys brought up Ertz, and I always hate how people come down on the tight ends because it, with the exception of Brent, I feel like between Ertz and LJ Smith, I have always seemed to always support them no matter through thick and thin and everybody else hates them. So <laughs> I'm just going to say I am an Ertz fan, but I didn't like the fact that during his press conference, I felt like one of the reporters was trying to bait him because OJ Howard is on the board to be drafted. And I thought, were they expecting Ertz to feel threatened because – He's he's aware that Brent is the oldest one, and Trey is just now getting his you know contract thing together. So why wouldn't they draft a tight end? It just felt like to me like they were trying to make like get a reaction from him. And I'm thinking, does, does everyone think Ertz is fragile or something? He just well, he's just glad to have a job. Well, no, I will, <laughs> he's getting but, paid. I think yes, he's, he's fine. fine right? He's totally fine. Right. But at, got, the, at, totally the, fine. at the same time, you just want to see like, hey, and I think you would you would ask that of anybody if if it was a Wendell Smallwood press yep. conference and say. Hey, there's a lot of running back buzz in this this going on. How does that make you feel? It's a Vinnie one year Curry after you were drafted, Vinnie Curry yep. the same way. I, I think yeah. I think it's valid, but I I understand what you're saying, AJ. You know what I'm saying? Like not even just being a girl, but just being like, yo, I hate when they try to bait like a reaction out of some of the players because you don't realize a lot of these guys are just thankful to have a job, whereas some of these guys like Joe Mixon think they're just going to get off, you know, scot free. I hope he doesn't go drafted at all to teach him a lesson to take a year off and get some psycho- psychology or some some kind of therapy because I think homeboy is. I don't think he deserves to get a chance right now because of all this stuff going on. I don't care if he paid that girl off. I wish you. I just think yeah, he, and he know, did pay he, her he, off. He sure, yeah, that AJ. got settled this week too. I wish AJ. We appreciate the call as always because you're amazing. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I wish that was the case most of the time of just like yeah, go go find yourself, young men, and then come back to it. But uh, not going to happen as as we know. We'll get into the schedule. Uh, the uh, the phones are are lighting up here, so get in while you can. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It is BGN Radio. Right here on Sports Radio 94 WYP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The Eagles don't open up until week three at home. What is up with that, man? <laughs> Come on. I know. It's ridiculous. Starting two on the road. That's like some Philly stuff, right? Yeah. Because there's a conflict there or something. I, I would assume so. It makes yeah. sense because you very, very, very rarely see a team start so off blame with the Phillies. two on the road, much less three of four to start the season. Obviously, you, you make it up on the back end a little bit, but it's a rough start there, Johnny. You know, especially especially coming off the first season in forever where we actually felt like we had a home field advantage. Yeah. And you know who the starting quarterback is. 
You know, it's been amazing. Yes, we all. It's like, oh my God, let's celebrate this thing. Who the sorry, quarterback is. Can I just say, like, I want that. Yeah, I want that first week of optimism in there. They come in. They come back into Philadelphia, zero and two against the Giants. It's gonna be like. I, After I love, losing to Washington and the Chiefs, oh, that would be like I love shoot the fact me now. that they play Washington in Week One on the road because they haven't won there since Chip Kelly's first game in 2013. God, that was so much that fun. Was so they much haven't fun, beaten Washington man. since 2014. It's been way too long. They need to have this game circled on their calendar. Like we can't. This is the game we're going to end the streak of Washington beating us right now. Yeah. You like that, Kirk Cousins? That was some fiery. Like, you yeah. like that? <laughs> I, yeah, I. I what it was the other I, one? Did I, I, he do well, that? How you like me now? Did he do that too? Oh yeah, he, oh you do. Ooh wee! He freaking he needs, ruined all he that needs too. To stop like talking now? after after games. Just stop. <laughs> it's BGN Radio. We're here till three. John Barcher, James Seltzer, and Brandon Lee Gowton will be going over a little bit of the schedule in the in the uh, macro sense here. As we're going to go to Ike in Burlington. What up, Ike? What's going, Ike? Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good, man. Good, good, good to talk to you guys. Where are you guys going to be set up for the draft? So right where, uh, if if you can go on the line and find the uh, the big uh, the big draft <laughs> on map. the line, well, that's I like right. That. Oh yeah, I'm sticking with that. <laughs> uh, so, so we're going to be actually where you see the big stage. We're just going to be just to the right of it. In fact, if you go to uh, at BGN underscore radio, we made a a little short uh, short like thirty second. A film footage of exactly where we're going to be as they're constructing this thing, but we're going to be right next to the NFC locker room part in the draft oh, okay. tavern right next to it. I'm, I'm taking my wife out to lunch today, and we're going to be in, like in the Philly area. I was thinking about just doing a dry run. You but should. I, it's yes, you should. It's pretty cool to check and, out. And if you're having lunch today, you need to stop at Woodrow's Sandwich Shop to have the best <laughs> cheesesteak of your life. It's in between 6th and 7th on South. They, are they you're sponsoring us yet? I they mean, geez, for the love you guys give Woodrow's. Love that sandwich. Yeah, I know you do. You're the second or third person that told me that about that plate. My, my spot is Wahlburgers, though, man. Oh, they're in Northern good. Liberties, there? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what? The, yep. Their beer and stuff is 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 pretty good. I I, I, I haven't I haven't actually eaten there yet. So and the whole absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but what's uh, what's on your mind with uh, with draft scenarios here, right? Listen, I, I'm, I may be on the other side of the fence by myself here, but I've heard a lot of chatter about. All this Richard Sherman talked the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I just think that's kind of a pipe dream. What is more realistic to me would somehow try to go after Malcolm Butler. He signed his tender. Ooh. He's on for three, 3.9 this year. So we were to package our second-round pick and Michael Kendricks, which he makes $4 million, Butler makes around $4 million. It would work on the books. We package Michael Kendricks, our, our second-round draft pick, and in that first round, I want to get – Carson Wentz as many weapons as I can. I like O.J. Howard. I like Christian McCaffrey. But if they're not there, I say we move back three or four spots, try to pick that second-round pick we gave up to New England, and go get Dalvin Cook. You got Dalvin Cook, Malcolm Butler at corner. You you target an edge rusher, a receiver in the third or fourth round. I think we're on to something. It's better than win. It's that was a good – yeah, good. <laughs> good. Bad. I like that. Again, the, I'm in. The bar for wide receivers and corners coming into this year, BLG, was very, very low. We talked about that a lot, the, taking care of the wide receivers. Malcolm Butler comes in here. That's a that's a big upgrade as, as far as what was here. Do you, you kind of think that maybe they should think about it? I don't think it makes sense because you're what? You're giving up a second-round pick, and then he's going to be a free agent next year. You're going to have to pay him. You already have 18 players on this Eagles roster currently who are going to be free agents next year. Can you even keep him? Can you keep Timmy, Timmy Jernigan? Can you keep Alshon Jeffrey? You can probably keep one at least one of those guys, obviously, maybe two. <laughs> I don't think you're keeping all three at that point. That's a lot of money you're spending there, and – 
I think, you know, the Eagles are looking at this draft class as an opportunity to have at least one cornerback. I think they'll probably draft two, maybe who who knows, maybe even three, mm-hmm. as not only young guys who they can develop, which we don't know if they can or not, but <laughs> at least, you know, theoretically. And then they're under contract for, for cheap for a long time. So I think that factors in too. Yeah, and and again, that second round is kind wait of it, like... Wait, a, wait a, I was all excited. Wait a, <laughs> yes. Well, that's why I'm here. I, no, I'm kind of on BLG's level there's there too. There's another corner I, on the Patriots who could have been an Eagle or was an Eagle, wasn't there? Uh-oh. Oh, no, we're not sorry. doing that again. Sorry. We're not, sorry. Sorry, not even going to mention sorry. his name because it's gonna, sorry, it gets guys. everybody all sorry, feathered guys. up. But uh, I, I think that, yeah, I, I, the second round for me too is, is where there's a lot of meat in there. Yes. You know, I think that's where... When we, it's it's silly to say when a cornerback run happens, but there will be a yes. large one when it goes. Yes, and I think it is in that second into the third round is where it continues on there. I agree. I mean, look, uh, Ray Didinger said it was the best cornerback class he has ever seen. It's pretty, and, and that's, Ray it, Didinger Ray doesn't say that stuff. Ray, a lot. That's what I mean. Ray is not like a hot take kind of guy. Ray's like, and 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 Ray, not just that. Ray has been covering the NFL in the draft. A very long time. So, like, whether it is or isn't, it's certainly one of the best. So, mm. I, I think they're, they're certainly going to take advantage of that. Let's go to Kevin in uh, Pittman. What's going on, Kevin? How are you today? Good, fellas. You know, it's, it's so hard to know who's going to be sitting there at 14. That's the problem. It is. It's the problem. But it's it also is. very exciting at the yeah, same well, time. Well, fun. <laughs> yeah. But my feeling is, if McCavity's sitting there, you have to take this guy. Hold and on. It was it. What was it? McCaffrey McCaff- or McCafferty? McCafferty. I'm sorry. I had because to. it's McCaffrey. McCaffrey. We got We got to nip this in the bud now okay, because like because of the Daniels, <laughs> the Jeffries. The if if he comes here, it's McCaffrey. And Kevin, but don't worry. I will mispronounce names until I'm dead. So don't <laughs> even worry about it. I hate to see Sproles go, but when you sign this guy, then the Sproles will go. You don't need two Sproles. And this guy's a little bit bigger than Sproles. They act like he can't get 15, 20 touches a game. You look at his college stat, he was getting 25 touches every game and, you know, lighting it up, running the ball. And you know what's crazy, Kevin, is like, I understand when people go and say, oh, a Sproles comp because he does so many different things, but he's not Darren Sproles no, at all. No. Uh, a playmaking ability, sure. I think he's yeah, got a little bit of that more. in him, but no, I think he's an, all-around, he's an all-around back as – Adam right. Schefter said a couple of days ago, he's not just a third down back, he's a fourth down back. Oh, oh, oh. He's actually- and I wanted to punch him in the face, but he's right. And yeah. you know what? Also, just real quick, when you actually look at the numbers, he's been really effective in short yardage situations, mm-hmm. which is always the knock on that type of stuff. Now, if he's not there, I think there's three or four corners when you see all these mock drafts that'll be in the 20s. So I think if he's not there, you move down, get another second round pick. Now you have your choice of corners in the 20s. You got a two second round picks now. You can take another corner. You're running back. So, to me, that that would be my scenario. Yeah, take the, take the, Kevin, I like that. And, John, I want to go to you and to BLG, both uh, staunch, not trade-down type of guys for the most part. If someone offers me a second-round pick to move into the 20s, I'm taking that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it is all uh, – when we say it's those things – It's dependent, obviously. I'm just wondering kind of what's your line good. there. What's your And it's all dependent upon who's on the board at 14 and yes, who right. you want. Six, but, like, what what kind of deal for, for non-staunch go up and get him rather than go down? What kind of deal would interest you? Because you guys have both been very vocal about not wanting to trade down. I think you need a little more than just the second rounder to wow. swap there. And, and late. But like, throw in another six or something sure. like that. It's sure. here. Here's where I think it could get interesting is if the Eagles, and in, in those scenarios where I, I do think a, a teams might be in the overpaying mode there, you have Kansas City, you have the Texans, Pat Mahomes is sitting there at 14. Ooh. Got a lot, of, and you know, who knows? New Orleans, the Giants, all, all, all that stuff. Yeah. I really do think that there's a, a chance if all, all guys are on your board are gone, and you're sitting there like, okay, well, this is, this is what we have, and 
we could recoup a whole bunch of stuff and one of these teams overpays to go draft yeah. Mahomes, then I'm, then I'm listening here, BLT. Speaking of the Texans, John, uh, ESPN's Bill Barnwell this week put together a mock draft. First round, uh, every 32, all 32 teams kind of trade scenario. The Eagles one was the Texans get the Eagles pick, number 14. The Eagles get 25 and 57. Wow. Would you do that? I was saying no, but he yeah. had also floated like, all right, mean, maybe the Eagles get Kevin Johnson in that trade. And then if that's oh, the case. Oh, man. Well, that's a different oh story. That's God. a no-brainer. I mean, but, that's a no-brainer. Kevin Johnson's a really good cornerback and young. just and... those picks, though, I'm not doing it. Again, I want someone who they take there and they have conviction about that player. Yeah, I agree with you. But at the same time, like we just said, I think that's obviously a, a situationally dependent thing. If like McCaffrey and Corey Davis and all these guys that they're interested in go off the board and course charles harris you know number one uh if those guys go off the board and you're looking at like do we kind of reach on a corner here do we kind of you know do that type of thing or can we move back and take it even if it's just a second round pick i mean a second round pick is a really valuable thing especially the most, the most valuable, valuable one as we've learned yes, with sam bradford exactly. so you know i do think uh I, I think it's i think it's an interesting scenario i personally if if it's a situation where there isn't the guy that i want at 14 and 25 is a it's a That's big jump steep. down. I think you need a little more in a second, but in theory, if I, if it were 20, if I'm going back to 20, I would take a second round pick and do that. All right, let's go to uh, Will. Will, what's going on this afternoon, bud? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. What's on your mind today? Well, you know, I listen to everyone's show. I'm a truck driver around the area, so I'm up. I listen to everyone. I listen <laughs> from Angelo and freaking um, – the morning guys all the way through every day. And, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about who they would pick. And mm -hmm. the last, like, day or two, I haven't been thinking about who I would pick. I'm thinking about who Howie would pick. So I go, back, I go back to the beginning of the offseason. And the first thing that Howie told us was that the premise of this offseason was to surround Wentz with weapons. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't specify whether that would be free agency or the draft. He did surround him with some, but I still think we're going super heavy offense in this draft. As far as the first-round pick, I think they have the wide receivers and the running backs ahead of the defensive players on our board, specifically. So I think we're getting, whether it's McCaffrey – Dalvin Cook, um, Will. Here's uh, the thing. Corey Davis Will, or Williams. Will. Here's the thing about Howie Roseman, and, and thanks, thanks for, for call the call, Will. Um, one of the other things he also says. Yes, I totally get the build around Wentz thing. I, I was talking about that earlier, and how I'm in favor of that. Another thing that Howie Roseman says all the time is that as the guys try to leave the studio and try to uh, <laughs> we tried we tried to, to do it to fuel my nightmare scenario. <laughs> but the, one of the things that Howie Roseman seriously says all the time is that we want to build through the trenches. He specifically even released, like, in that statement about the Timmy Jernigan trade, we want to build through the trenches. So as much as you want to say they want to surround Carson Wentz with weapons, and I think they should, and I totally agree with that, they're never going to ignore the trenches. We saw Howie Roseman take Brandon Graham. We saw Howie Roseman take Marcus Smith. You can't rule it out. Yeah, I, I, I you really can't, honestly. No. I think no. uh, for as much as we want, like, we want the Eagles to go offensive. It just makes sense. For how we think the board is going to go and and drop down, yeah. and also Ray, Ray, off of last year. I mean, we just it was really tough. To, we how many times did we talk about how tough it was to watch. In reality, uh, it probably might not happen that way. We don't know how the board is going to drop. We have no clue because it's such a 
the the only times where the years like this happen, and I just think back to like the Christian Ponder drafts and things like that. Great, great example. We don't know where the quarterbacks are going to go. We have no idea. They determine everything else that is going to fall to that that, those teen spots that are going to be in there. So again, it's all over the place. It's it's a mess, and uh, we will keep sorting through it. Plus, we'll get back into the Eagles' schedule and a lot more. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One. One, two. Just a little longer than uh, than that, actually. Check and you will be hearing uh, Rob Cherry, Hollis Thomas, live from Citizens Bank Park. Phillies Braves 705 tonight, I believe. As uh, they will lead you right up uh, until that ball game ends. I, you know, I gotta say, man, I, I like this scrappy Phillies team. Yeah. Even though they ruined the six and nine nice. record last that night, was which was very nice. 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 But uh, they're scrappy, man. I, I enjoy. I enjoy it. I enjoy the the hit selection that they're doing. I enjoy the excuse me the swing selection as as Jack would correct me if he was in the studio. Our good friend Jack Fritz. But I I, I like um I, I really like the squad. I, I like where they're heading. I I think there's obviously a lot of work to do. In between there, but there's, uh, I, you know, there's once they can, once you get into that 2018 free agency, oh yeah, period that's going in there, you're gonna have a really strong bench and, and and a lot of different trade pieces at the deadline if you need to do that. Yeah, I'm excited about where the organization is heading. The team right now is what it is. It's not good enough. I think everybody knows that. But I think I think the plan, I, John Middleton, we talked about it before. I think I'm so impressed with that guy that I would absolutely like. At any time to have that guy owning any of my sports teams, so that I root for. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm very bullish on Clentac McPhail, the whole leadership structure. With ultimately, I think is going to end up on the field. Yes, uh, and uh, once again, Rob Cherry and Hollis Thomas coming up in about uh, ten minutes, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. So Eagles don't get a uh, <laughs> their first home game until week three, which is uh, kind of disappointing. So hopefully, you know, a, a one and one split would be nice, kind of right in there coming into that. And then you have the Giants rolling through there. And then it just gets a little, I mean, it gets a little funky, right? I mean, they, they, then they have to take another road trip to L.A. I don't think L.A. Chargers will ever sound right in my mouth. Uh, but uh, then, so then it goes quick, from there. Just with that, the L.A. thing, I do think that's fun in the sense of, uh, it, I think it'll be kind of neat to watch Eagles play in, in a 30,000-person stadium. Don't you? Seriously, I think that's yeah, kind of nice a really, it's a neat kind of football experience. We're so used to watching these. Who's you know, even going to show up to those Chargers games? A bunch of Eagles fans, there, I'm guessing. Yeah, it'll be that. I actually I think, think so. there. I think there'll be there'll be a lot of different folks that just show up because because it's there, like yeah. they did with uh, with the yeah. Rams last year. I think it's with the 30, Chargers, I mean, will be that's there. cool. Like it, that's in. I think that that'll be neat to see NFL football played in a tiny stadium. And don't, and, and I don't know Intimate. if this is. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. He winked at me. I, I like that. I, I remember this being true. I'm sorry if it's not, but I remember there are almost an equal amount or more Chargers fans in Los Angeles oh, than actually sure. were in San Diego. Yeah, so I think sense. that, uh, I mean, I said, they, they still talked a lot of Chargers football. I remember when I was, when I was out there, cause that oh. was still like part of that. I think seven ten AM uh, was, was, was pumping that up for a long time. I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to one. Yeah, you should. You, I mean, I think you, have, the you, December got like, one. you got like peeps out there. You got like a, a yeah. friends out there to go see. We'll take them through that. So like, I don't know the first, the first half of the schedule, it's really funky, man. <laughs> like yeah. I, I could see, I could see it going either way. Either it's the, really the, funky. I, I think I would almost prefer these guys to be just under five hundred after after five weeks. And Maybe they go, they go two or three or something thing. like that. Because you get all this stuff out of the way. You again, I don't, I don't think this team is is going to hit the floor, hit the ground running here. 
just with all the different changes that still continue to happen. I mean, like that happens every week. We, we, we expect all these different things. Fletcher's got somebody new next to him. Hopefully that improves. Obviously all that stuff happens. You're going to have a brand new starting corners. You're going to have brand new, I would assume. Well, you are. You're going to have, you're going to have I think Chris Long is going to be your starter to start out as it is right, right now. now. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. In, in a macro sense, it's not, it's not great as far as just forget about the team. It's just the kind of things that they have to do yeah. back and forth here. Just from the travel, I mean, it's brutal. Like you said before, I mean, of the eight games against West Conference teams, they're on the road for six of them. That's really hard. Uh, conversely, I think the fact we, we talked about last year, the three games off a of bye, they have none of those this year. I think that's a, that's huge. a big advantage. And also, look, the whole NFC East has tough schedules. I mean, playing the AFC yeah. West makes your schedule tough, both from a travel perspective and just from a fact that it's the best division in football. So uh, I think it's, it's a tough schedule more so because the team's on it. The travel part is a little wonky and weird, but I think ultimately when you look at it in terms of compared to the rest of the division, BLG, I don't think it's worse than that, as it were. We mentioned the buy thing, James. The thing that I like about this schedule here is that I look at the, the week 10 buy the, the Eagles have. Yeah, I love Thankfully, that. Thankfully, not a week four buy, which, by the way, the NFL <laughs> got rid of. So even they stupid. know it's so dumb. So thanks a lot, uh, Roger. Yeah, we, we're one of two teams to ever get screwed with the week <laughs> four buy. Yeah. Awesome. So, but look who they play right after that the Cowboys. I love that. I love yes. that they have an extra week to play the uh, to prepare for the Cowboys there. Also, the, uh, the Panthers game, I believe, in week six. Uh, they play on Thursday night, and then they have what eleven days? It's eleven days you're before correct. they play Washington at home. So I love the fact that they have extra rest against in division opponents. Last year it was the exact opposite. That was one of those things that was so killer and so frustrating to me about that three week span of playing teams coming off their buys. Two of those games were against divisional opponents, yep. and they were both on the road. That's, like, huge. That totally screwed them over. And, by the way, those games were super close. It was the overtime game in Dallas, and it was the Giants game that went down to the wire. Like, a little factor like that yeah. could have made the difference. So Yeah, or or Doug Peterson not being the coach could have been the difference oh, okay. in those two games, too. But whatever, <laughs> Nova, you're right. And after the bye week, too, it's just kind of like, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a little ease after that. You have that Thursday night game. Uh, against Carolina, so that's always going to factor into that. <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Christmas against. I think well, that's we're going to get to there. We're going to get to there. Uh, but the four primetime games, kind five, of, which right? is well, I mean, I'm 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 in, I'm in a Thursday night game would make five. Okay, at yeah. that point, so yeah. I don't, I don't, don't know if that really count counts Thursday as prime night. time. But it's the only one that's featured that week, so we can go yeah, with five. We'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, which I which I think is nice, and uh, and I it, think it's a sign that 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 the uh, how the NFL views the Eagles right now and Carson Wentz, and there's a little excitement there. Yeah, and I like the I like Washington, San Francisco, and the Broncos kind of after. After that Thursday night game, those mm-hmm. are all at home. Those are in November. I think that's where you can kind of get a, nice a little bit there. of a, 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 a little bit of a leg up. Obviously, I don't know what the Broncos situation is going to be. I still think they're in that. This is this is the last year of the window, and after this, we're we're pretty much done here. Which makes me insane that they're not going to even. I don't know uh, what they're going to do. You don't do think if, Trevor Simeon's going to win you a Super Bowl this year, Danny? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if they if they yeah. have a big competition with with Paxton Lynch and things that are going there. He but, is not ready either. I don't think. <laughs> no, but after the bye week. Again, it, it's. I think it's. It sets up okay. Like Dallas, you, that could go. That always goes either way. That's going to be on the Sunday Night Football. Then you have the Bears at home. Okay, you know that's and, the Joe and, Douglas Bowl. But then it's just yeah, the Joe Douglas Bowl. But then you have that other stretch there in December. Just looks terrible, regardless of the teams in Seattle, back in Los Angeles. 
Back a in Sunday New York. nighter in Seattle too. We have a, it. Just I mean, it's slightly less rest. It does matter, I think, a little bit. Absolutely. So you have you have that and, gauntlet, and then and then James, as you were saying, Christmas Day. We're all celebrating Christmas night. We're all celebrating that. Uh, I guess Oakland's going to come back, and at obviously least it's home. I suppose, right? You know, and obviously they're going to start Nick Foles there, right? To right kind of re-energize twenty seventeen. <laughs> worst like a, Christmas ever. Yeah, they're going yeah, to do the unthinkable. The worst Christmas ever. Yes, I'm with you there. Uh, but that should be. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I know I've seen a lot of people upset that there's a Christmas Day game. I kind of like the Christmas Day game. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm Jewish. I think it's a, it's a little less of a thing for me. But I enjoy the Christmas Day I game. Think I think it's the, fun. No, at, at 8.30, you know, you've done all the festivities by then, yeah. too, and you're you're probably something on your else, Something else to look forward to on a day you're usually off anyway, like a chance to, you know, sit around the TV and watch Eagles. Absolutely. Real quick, we'll go to Dan in Pottstown because uh, he's been waiting so long. Dan, what's going on, buddy? How y'all doing, gentlemen? Good, man. What's on your mind? Um... Actually, I, 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 I'm glad I got the opportunity to call you guys because I love football. I love Philadelphia sports, but I just my 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 drive and my, and my my passion in life is I love football. And you have to, I think, with this draft, you have to decide first and foremost where you're going to go, offense or defense. And there's only maybe four, two on each side. Did I, I like I feel like we draft a quarterback in the first round. I feel like we're wasting a draft pick. Not 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 to sound not to minimize the position or nothing like that. I just feel like we're wasting a draft pick. Um, I, I like look. I, I love Christian McCaffrey. I feel like if, if this kid's available, he is the ultimate piece that we need for this team right now, um, and for years to come. Um, I, I like I like OJ Howard. I know. We have, you know, we're deep at the tight end position, but OJ Howard is just—he catches everything. No, I'm with Danny. We we are we are, we are, we are on, on board that same page, buddy. McCaffrey or Howard, we're both we're all three of us. I think very happy with that. Absolutely, and folks, that's going to do it for us. Brian and Ben Salem, I apologize, but we just couldn't get to you. We ran out of time, but make sure to tune in next week. We will be live, live, live.